Thanks for joining the Heights Church podcast today. We hope that you enjoy the message. If you're in the Sydney area, be sure to join us at the Heights Church at Goldstone Road, Hornsby Heights, Sydney, Australia. So we're reading in Romans 10, verse 16. But not everyone welcomes the good news. For Isaiah the prophet said, Lord, who has believed our message? So faith comes from hearing, that is, hearing the good news about Christ. But I ask, have the people of Israel actually heard the message? Yes, they have. The message has gone throughout the earth and the words to all the world. But I ask, did the people of Israel really understand? Yes, they did. For even in the time of Moses, God said, I will rouse your jealousy through people who are not even a nation. I will provoke your anger through the foolish Gentiles. And later, Isaiah spoke boldly for God, saying, I was found by people who were not looking for me. I showed myself to those who were not asking for me. But regarding Israel, God said, All day long I opened my arms to them, but they were disobedient and rebellious. I ask then, has God rejected his own people, the nation of Israel? Of course not. I myself am an Israelite, a descendant of Abraham and a member of the tribe of Benjamin. No, God has not rejected his own people, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you realise what the scriptures say about this? Elijah the prophet complained to God about the people of Israel and said, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. And do you remember God's reply? He said, No, I have 7,000 others who have never bowed down to Baal. It is the same today, for the people, the few of, for a few of the people of Israel have remained faithful because of God's grace, His undeserved kindness in choosing them. Thanks, Jacqueline. That's great. This message uh, this morning is, I've titled "God Never Gives Up." Romans chapter 11 is a very tough passage. One of those passages in the Bible that's incredibly difficult to understand and I am not going to go through all the intricacies and the arguments that have killed thousands and thousands of trees over the years. There have been books upon books upon books upon books that have been written about Romans chapter 11 and chapters 9 through to 11. Many churches have a Romans 1 to 8 sermon series, but they skip over chapters 9 to 11 and go on and preach to chapter 12, predominantly because of this chapter, chapter 11. It's very, very hard to understand. It has all the major themes that we've talked about over the time, uh, and then some. And people do and can get all caught up in these complex issues and arguments, but in the meantime, miss the whole point of the chapter. And the whole point of the chapter is this, is that God never gives up. He never gives up on us rebels, and he never gives up on broken people. 
Paul could not sit by and watch his fellow Israelites misunderstand this. And you can just feel the emotion in the words of Romans chapter 11. One of the great kids' movies of all time is Toy Story 2, and no doubt you've seen that, or you haven't. I don't know whether you have kids. Have you seen Toy Story 2? You haven't seen Toy Story 2? My goodness, mums and dads, what are you doing? Well, this might scare you to bits, but I'll fill you in at the end of it. Um, It's one of those classics for adults and children. The whole movie taps into these deep emotions about the feeling of being rejected. And and every relationship in the movie, uh, uh, that the toys fear of the rejection of that relationship. For example, right at the uh, beginning of the movie, there's this toy cowboy named Woody. My goodness. Uh, And Woody's broken. He gets a little broken. He gets a little ripped. Maybe he was doing something a little bit that he shouldn't have been doing. And now he feels a little broken. And Woody has this nightmare. And kids, it might be a nightmare, but the nightmare gets better. Get your parents to to show you the movie. Uh, Where his beloved owner, Andy, is going to reject him because he is broken. And he's... Before you send me a whole bunch of emails saying how shocking it is that you send my kids down the plug hole, you've got to watch the movie. It gets better at the end of it. It's a cartoon, right? But many of us may be sitting here today and you would admit that you may have had nightmares like that. You may even think that it's not even a nightmare, it's happened during the day because you did something a little wrong or something that you shouldn't have and you're feeling a little broken. And people are not going to love you because... You have let them down. And maybe you have felt as though at times that somebody has not loved you and even dropped you. There may be even times where you feel as though God is going to let you drop out of his hand. And if you've ever had feelings like that, then Romans 11 is for you. Because what Paul talks about will encourage you no end that God never gives up on you, no matter what you have done. 
And Paul uses the nation of Israel as an example of this. See, Paul had to write to those in Rome because what they were thinking. They thought that God had dropped them, had dropped the nation of Israel like a broken toy. If you offended God, he'll take it personally and he cuts you off. He rejects you. So they thought. And the church at Rome was saying, well, uh, to the Jews, where, where Jerusalem used to be the spiritual capital of, uh, of their, their world, they were saying that you've crossed them one too many times. And rather than Jerusalem being the, the capital of the Christian world, Rome is the spiritual capital. Paul says to them, you need a reality check because God doesn't let you down. He reinforces that no one is beyond salvation. There's no reason to feel that you or anyone else is beyond the saving grace of God. And we need to get that in our mind because sometimes we feel as though people around us are beyond the saving grace of God. Paul says, I ask then, has God rejected the people, the Israelites? Of course not. Paul says, look at me, I'm an Israelite. If there was anyone that was going to be rejected, well, then it would have been me because I have killed people who are following the Messiah. I killed the Christian people who are around. So if anyone was beyond reconciliation, I was the one. But Paul also says that, let me tell you that this story about Elijah, the prophet, who was feeling dejected and went to God, Elijah said to God, we're really up the creek because as a nation, there is no one who fears you, not even one. Maybe that's your situation too. Maybe you go to school and you think there's no one who follows God. There's no one who's a Christian at school or at work. There's no one who follows God. Maybe even people laugh at you. What hope is there that those people who knock you will be saved? What Paul is doing here, he introduces this absolutely mind-blowing thing that's going to blow the Jews' box apart, and that is personal conversion. He says, it doesn't matter and has never mattered if the whole nation follows me because you're saved by your own personal commitment, your own faith in God. Maybe the whole nation is not following God. Maybe there's a few faithful people who are following God. Maybe this seems as though that everybody's against you and will never listen to you. But be sure of this, whoever God wants will decide to follow him because God requires a personal commitment from people. It doesn't matter if you go to a Christian school. It doesn't matter if you work for a Christian organisation. It doesn't matter if you're a member of the Heights or whether you go to Fuse or whether you're part of a Connect group or whether you've ever played in a Christian band. You still need to respond to Jesus personally. You've heard it before that it said that, it, that you're not a Christian if you sit in church any more than you're a car if you sit in your garage. And even if your family or your group that you hang out with all don't follow God like the nation of Israel, if you looked at their sinfulness, you may have been tempted to wonder whether God will ever forgive them or not. But he says he will. Even if you are broken and torn. God will never give up on you 
And he will save you if you trust in him, no matter how broken you are. Because once again, Paul rams home that point, that same message that we've heard over and over again in this series, that God, by his grace, saved you. The undeserved one. This is what he says. No, God has not rejected his people, the Israelites, whom he chose from the very beginning. Do you remember what the scripture says about this? They are saved by God's kindness, not by their good works. For if that was the case, God's grace would not be what it really is, free and undeserved. That's the first point. There's no reason for you or anybody else to feel as though that they're beyond God's grace because it is God's grace. That's the whole term about it, is by his unmerited kindness, his, his love for you that he saves you. Secondly, there's no reason for anyone to feel like they're beyond recovery. I don't know whether you've ever got to that point where you feel like you can't recover from where you've been. I think I've mentioned it before, but if I haven't, I owned a Datsun 1600. And, uh, and at that time, I don't know whether they changed... They haven't certainly changed the property of metal, but they certainly changed the, the, the coating that they put on cars so they don't rust out. My Datsun 1600... Uh, if I had a magnet and I put it over all the parts of my car, nothing would stick. It'd be like one of those cartoon things, you know, where you drive along, if someone bumped you on the side, the whole car would just go, and there'd be nothing left because there was no metal left. Every single time rust happened, my father would cut it out and put Bondo or Bog on the car. So basically it was just all fiberglass. There was nothing there. I used to drive it out to the Kernel Sandhills um, when everyone else was on their four-wheel drive. I thought, well, I'll just put nice wide tyres on, flatten them out a little bit, and away I went over the Sandhills. Uh, and then I'd get out there, and unfortunately, I love surfing on high tide, so it means that the water would be up there, and sometimes I'd even miss it, so I'd come back, and the kind of the Datsun would be sitting in water and salt water, and I'd drive along, and, and as I drove back down through the Kernel Sandhills in my little Datsun 1600, I'd notice this four-wheel drive sitting right in the middle of a lake where they messed up and I didn't, so I kept on going. But the result of that was rust, full-on rust. You would never buy a car in any beach suburb in the whole of Sydney because it would be just a rust bucket. Now, you know, it's okay, but you wouldn't then. Some people feel like that old car, though, like you've messed up so badly that you can never be restored. Maybe you feel as though God's plan, his plan A, you didn't follow, so now you on you went to plan B, or maybe you're up to plan Z or Z, depends on where you come from in the world. I, I, I don't believe there's a plan A, and I don't believe there's a plan B. I believe you're walking with God or you're not. And God says you can walk with him and you can be restored from where you're at. You might have thought, well, I gave my life to Jesus and I lived for him, but I messed up and God could not use me again. So Paul says this, did God's people stumble and fall beyond recovery? Of course not. That's what he says. No one's beyond recovery. In fact, the, the entire Bible is one big illustration of how God uses ripped and broken people to do his will. Abraham, the liar, 
Jacob, the swindler and cheat, Moses, the murderer, and David, well, the great King David, the one after God's own heart, adultery, pride, lying, and at least an accessory to murder. And yet God used them. You really can't think of a less likely group to be honoured by God than those group of people. And yet he chose them. Why those stories in the Bible? Well, it's to show us that no one's beyond recovery. It's to show us that it's all about God's grace and his goodness. It's to show us that God is in control and sovereign over our world and uses broken people to do what he wants for his glory. It's to show us that you and I belong here. It's to show us that the box that we put God in can be just blown apart. God used Israel's rejection of him to spread the gospel to us, the Gentiles. Isn't that amazing? The rejection that Israel showed God opened up the doorway for everybody else to come in. So he says in this hard-to-get-around story about branches being cut off and others being grafted on, and that the Gentiles, like you and I, rather than being arrogant before God and humble and grateful to God, we recognise his mercy and we recognise he's gracious. And so that should humble us, that we've been included in. But don't think it's going to be forever. That's what the passage says. Don't think that we'll always have scripture in school, because we won't. And I wouldn't be surprised if very soon it's no longer mandatory within our schools. Don't think that churches will always be able to meet freely. Don't become conceited and complacent or lazy about following God and telling others about him. When you hear about him and you speak and you follow him, God's word says in this passage, do not harden your hearts. Because just as God left Israel to the result of their own choices, if you, us, Gentiles, decide not to follow him, he might just decide to leave you with your choices that you made. You know what it's like, don't you? The first time you committed a particular sin, you're guilt-ridden and you can't possibly believe you did it and you come before God in confession and sometimes in tears that you have done the thing that you have done against him and you repent. The second time, you don't feel so, so guilty. Eventually, though, you learn to push those feelings aside and that's called hardening your heart. And maybe this is the first time that you've heard about Jesus and his love and his grace that wants you, a broken person, to be and walk with him. Don't put it aside. Because eventually, he says, I won't contend with you anymore. But right now, he is. He wants you to humble your heart and believe in his, that of his grace that allows you to be in relationship with him because of his love and kindness. Jesus told a story about people who weren't so humble, didn't recognise the grace of God, particularly one guy who um, 
who says, uh, was praying to God and said, thank God I'm not like other people. Thank God I, I'm so religious in keeping the law. Not like that other person over there who's not. And Jesus said that other guy who recognises and was down on the ground saying, I'm not even worthy to lift my head and look at your face. That's the one. That's the what I need is that that one that recognises my love and kindness and graciousness and lifts their head towards him in repentance. The third thing is there's no reason to feel hopelessness. And in Toy Story 2, there's this little girl doll who was loved by her owner and she reminisces of how she used to be but also the pain of feeling rejected. Now, kids, look at the movie because it doesn't stop with this. But it's important that we know this, that we're not ever beyond hope. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart. And when she was sad, I was there to dry her tears And when she was happy, so was I When she loved me Through the summer and the fall We had each other, that was all Just she and I together she was lonely I was there to comfort her and I a tearjerker at the end of the movie and yeah I won't say whether I cried or not because I'm not going to take it being the cowboy no matter how many times we hear it some people think that God will never want me 
that I'm absolutely nothing but a throwaway. And the church of Rome says, yeah, God promised Israel, but is he faithful to his promises? Will he be loving all the way to the end? And Paul says, you bet. All of Israel will be saved. Do you remember what the prophet said about this? And he goes on to speak about it. For God's gifts and his call can never be withdrawn. God always keeps his promises and there will be a day when ethnic Israel, I believe ethnic Israel, come along to our Roman study, we can talk about that a bit more, will come to God and he will allow them once again to hear of his message of salvation and soften their hearts again. God never gives up. He never gives up on you and me and he never gives up on your friends and he never gives up on the people who you are praying for. So pray that God once again will soften the hearts of the people around you so that they will hear the gospel once again. And for you, if you have wandered away, God waits for you to come home. If you've never come home to God, he still patiently waits for you for a time that you will come to him. So the call to you, if you have not come to him, is come to Jesus. And the call for us, if we know people who have hardened their hearts and have rejected God again, is pray that God would soften their heart again. Knowing that he keeps his promises and his promises will always become, will come about in our world. There is hope. In these three messages, there is massive hope. Huge blessing that is before us. And I hope it has blown your box apart that I mentioned right back at the beginning because it certainly blows mine apart. I'm simply in awe of God. And we're meant to look at these passages. And while it might blow our brain apart, it should soften our hearts so that we can see a God of great compassion and kindness who will never give up on me and never give up on you. And Paul concludes like this. Isn't this the conclusion that we want? Oh, the depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God. Saying... In short, it's hard to get your head around what God's like. And it's hard to get your head around what he just wrote. So, so the depths of the riches of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who's been his counsellor? Who has ever given to God that, we should, that God should repay him? For from him and through him and to him, are all things to him be the glory and ever and ever. Amen. Amen. I hope uh, this small, short series has been a, a great encouragement to you. As we've gone through and looked at God's grace, as we've gone through and we've looked at how God knows what's happening and is orchestrating our world to bring about his glory, and to know that in his great providence and in his great sovereignty of this world, you have a plan. You are part of the plan. He won't give up on you no matter what you have done. 
even if you do feel as though you're ripped and beyond recovery, you're not. Even as though you might feel as though that God could not use you, he can and he will. And our response to that is to soften our heart and to listen to him once again. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for those who are here today who don't know you. It's a big step and sometimes even a huge, a enormous step because we don't know everything about you. We don't know anything beyond what we've been told. But what we have been told is that you are sovereign over all, that you love us and that you will forgive us if we confess to you as Lord and believe that your death covered our sin, we are saved. And so I pray, Lord, for those who are in that position, for those, Lord, who feel as though that they're broken and they have done things in their life that are beyond forgiveness and beyond recovery. Let's hear you again reach out and say, you are never beyond recovery. And I pray, Lord, that for those around us who we might feel from an earthly and human perspective just may not ever get to a point where they listen to you again. Maybe they've walked away. Maybe they have never walked with you at all. I pray, Lord, that you soften their hearts. Soft hearts, Lord, so that we can speak the gospel to them, that we can bring them to a point where they can hear the gospel once again. And through your spirit, Lord, you might allow them to take that step to follow and walk with you. I pray this in your name. Amen.